Benny Williams is coming back. Chris Bell is coming back. And now I may be hearing Hunter Dickinson in the transfer portal. This Adrian Autry era is off to a wild start. All this and more coming up on the Dome Dog Podcast. We want to be versatile on both ends of the floor. Uh, you know, we want to be aggressive. We want to get up and down. That was Adrian Autry in his initial press conference back on March 10th when he took over as head coach at Syracuse University. Talked about being aggressive, talked about being dynamic. Hopefully tonight I can do that for you. Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. So it's been kind of a busy ride or wild ride or whatever adjective you want to put in there for Adrian Autry in his first month as the coach of Syracuse. Not even been a month, but he started off hitting the ground running. Uh, got J.J. Starling from Notre Dame. Starling is a local kid from Baldwinsville, New York. It's not too far from Syracuse. He was, he was recruited by Autry initially. Uh, Mike Bray left Notre Dame, and I think it was only natural for Starling to say, I'm going to come to Syracuse. Soon after that, Judah Mintz said he was going to go tr- test the NBA waters, um, and, but keep his college eligibility, so there's still hope that he's going to come back. Uh, prior to that, Simir Torrens and John Bullock said they're going to the transfer portal. Not that much of a surprise. I mean, John Bullock had said that before the season was even over. Uh, Simir Torrens wants to get more playing time in his last year. He didn't play that much this year. Probably a little disappointing. I thought he was going to get a better role because he had a good end of the season in the 2021-2022 season, but wish him the best. I think he's a really good point guard if he ever gets an opportunity. Uh, One of the bigger surprises was Joseph Girard decided to take off. Uh, He is going to test the NBA waters also, but then if he doesn't make it, which I don't think he will, he will transfer. He's going to put himself in the transfer portal. Now, just one thing to keep in mind always is that you can go in the transfer portal and still come back to the school that you went went to before. John Bullock did it last year. Um, it's really up to the school if they give away your scholarship or not. Uh, so if Gerard decides that he wants to come back to Syracuse after all, it's still a possibility. So I don't want to totally rule that out. But, you know, it seems to me like he's going to go because he doesn't think there's enough room for him, probably with Starling and maybe Mintz and now Bell and, and Williams coming back. So I don't think Gerard's going to come back, but he still possibly could. It just depends between the school and him. So just because the players in the transfer portal doesn't mean that they don't return to the school that they initially were at. Just keep that in mind. So now that I've cleared that up, <laughs> the next next case is Jesse Edwards. Will he come back? Uh, and with the rumor of Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, really nice big man, average 19 points per game almost. Uh, he's been talked about for a few years now at Michigan as a pro prospect. He stayed in college. Uh, he's from the DMV area. Uh, for some of those people that don't know what that means, Washington, D.C. area. Uh, and, you know, I was had this whole podcast pretty much done, and then this news broke, so I decided I would redo it because it wouldn't make sense before. Um, and one of the friends of the show, Adam Finkelstein, who was on the show last year, was online today on one of his shows saying that Syracuse is an opportunity, that is a possibility for Hunter Dickinson because of Syracuse news hire, Brandon Strong, who um, was a coach at Team Takeover, which is an AAU team in the DMV area. Dickinson was part of that. Um, and Strong has got ties more in DMV and also he coached at George Washington last year. So maybe that move by Autry was hoping that Dickinson was going to come in the portal. Maybe not. Maybe it's a coincidence. Who knows? But it could be a good move. And 
if Dickinson comes to Syracuse, then you could probably bet that Edwards is probably not going to come back. Or if Edwards doesn't come back, maybe Dickinson will come. We don't know, but uh, we're still waiting on his decision. Maybe he'll come tonight and I'll have to redo this again, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the crux of the team right now. Uh, I think, you know, all the guys he's gotten back, um, Bell, you know, to me is a guard. I've said this many, many times over the last year. If you looked at some of my old posts, I reposted it yesterday on my Instagram story, but, and, um, and I just think that he, he is, he plays more like a guard, he shoots from the outside, he shoots jumpers. Uh, doesn't mean he can't drive. Doesn't mean he couldn't, he couldn't drive or develop a, a post-up game maybe, um, but he was always getting bagged on for not rebounding, but because he's not really a rebounder, <laughs> he's a guard. And could you imagine if they end up playing zone defense with Chris Bell at the top of the zone, a six foot seven guy with long arms like that? That's what the zone was was humming. Well, that's how the zone was humming back in the day with guys that were taller, taller guards, six foot four and, and bigger with longer arms. You know, Starling fits that that mold. So does Judah Mintz. And if Chris Bell is going to play guard, so does he. And so does Justin Taylor. You know, I haven't mentioned Justin Taylor. Um, I haven't heard anything from him, like that he's leaving or staying, but I'm assuming he's going to stay. He would be a great guy to come off the bench, hit some threes. I think he'll play more next year. Um, my main man, Kadir Copeland, I think is a great candidate for six men of the year in the ACC. Uh, the guy can play one, two, or three. You saw the signs of him in this last year. Uh, when he got in the game where he affected the game and it wasn't in the game, he was the biggest cheerleader. Uh, there was a, a video of him that went viral. He was either playing in some rec league game or a, a pickup game, and he did this crazy between-the-legs um, play to the basket. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for everybody, but uh, it was incredible. I think that he can pretty much do anything, and you know, Jim Baham talked about him a lot last year, saying that he said one of the press conferences, he scored 20 buckets in a row on the first team. So that guy's got potential. Don't forget about uh, Malik Brown, who made his mark this year by being consistent around the basket. He kind of faltered a little bit towards the end of the season, but I expect him to be back and better next season. Will he be coming off the bench? Will he start? Doesn't really matter. I think he'll get playing time. And um, Hema, was a, a, not great on offense, but great on, on defense. And I think... Regardless of who they else they bring in, Syracuse that is, they've got a nice second unit. And I think Autry's talked about uh, getting aggressive and, and moving fast and getting after it. I think having a, a deep bench will just help a team like that. I think the team will play fast. I think they'll play man-to-man. -man. I think they'll, they'll mix it up and play zone. I think they'll press. And I think having an abundance of guys will really help them next season. So that's kind of the Syracuse piece of this. Um, you may have noticed if you watch any of my stuff on YouTube or seen any of my stuff on other social media platforms that I've talked about more teams and more things in basketball. That's part of the Dome Dog expansion. I've got to talk about more teams and more things because that's how this podcast will grow and, and survive. So uh, I talked about Patino last week, him coming back, and now he's coaching St. John's. Was that the right move? Um, Tobin Anderson, the guy who coached FDU, already got a job. He he took Patino's old job. So things like that I'll do. Um, one of the stories that I thought was interesting coming out of the ACC was North Carolina. Um, my buddy Adam Peterson, he had mentioned to me that he would take Gerard and his team because it would work out with Baycott. So that's kind of big news for North Carolina. Armando Baycott 
is coming back for his fifth year. He's the all-time leader in rebounds and, and double-doubles in North Carolina history. He might have to put an asterisk anything he gets this year, but it doesn't matter. He said he didn't want to leave North Carolina the way he left it. And a surprise thing, Caleb Love, kind of the hero of the NCAA tournament a lot for them last year, is, is moving on. He's going to the transfer portal. So it doesn't matter that teams had success or guys had success in the last season. These guys are looking for the next best, best deal or best thing for them, and they're going to go. So it's it's just crazy. It's different than we've ever seen in college basketball. Um, you know, Caleb Love's a high-profile player. Dickinson's a high-profile player. Um, there's other guys that are in the portal that – could be a high-profile player, um, but we'll see what happens with Syracuse in that sense. But anyways, that's kind of how I'm talking about things these days. Um, I'll talk about more basketball. So we're on the eve of the Final Four. It's a very rare Final Four, or the rarest Final Four, because it's the first time in history that a one, two, or three seed is not in the Final Four. Because you got two fives sitting in state in Miami, UConn's a four seed, and FAU's a nine seed. So we're witnessing history here, so enjoy it. Uh, I know it's not the matchup many people are looking for or hoping for, but it doesn't matter. The other teams didn't win, and as Bill Walton said in a random broadcast I was watching, the seeds are arbitrary, and they are. They're just guys in a room making up seeds. It doesn't matter, and obviously it doesn't matter more this year than ever, right? So uh, in the San Diego State game, San Diego State's a really defensive team. They've stopped the last five opponents they've played against. Obviously, they've won those games, but they've held those opponents under their scoring average, uh, they only allowed Creighton to score 23 points in the second half. They they, they barely won. Um, that's kind of where San Diego State struggles. They don't have a lot of offense. Their leading scorer is Matt Bradley. He averages 12.5 points a game. In the last two games, he had two and six points. So if San Diego State can't score and FAU gets a lead on them, I don't see them coming back. Vice versa, if San Diego State has a bigger lead on FAU, it's going to be kind of tough for them to come back. Although FAU is more gifted offensively with Three guys that average double figures, Janelle Davis, who really propelled them in the FDU game in the second round. Uh, Elijah Martin hit some big shots. Uh, Golden is the big guy for FAU, and they have a bunch of other guys that score you know, close to double figures. So they're a more offensive team. They play a four-guard offense at times. So it will be interesting to see that contrast of style in the first game. In the second game, Miami, uh, ACC champion, Kind of a funny team. You know, they played Syracuse pretty close. Uh, they beat Syracuse, but it was a close game. Uh, they played Drake in the first round, and it was a tight game. And then Miami pulled away at the last minute or two of the game. They hammered Indiana. They hammered <laughs> uh, Houston. They came back against Texas. Jordan Miller had a great game. He didn't miss a shot. Literally, he was 7 for 7 from the field and 13 for 13 from the line. They're going to need him to have... A similar game if they're going to beat UConn. Isaiah Wong is the ACC Player of the Year. He struggled at points in the NCAA tournament and struggles at points this year, but they still won. So will he have a breakout game? Zanogo is an absolute beast for UConn. Been beasting teams all through the tournament. Uh, look for UConn to go to him early and often. Hawkins, NBA pro prospect for, for UConn, has been shooting the lights out from the outside. Uh, UConn's just been bowling people winning by 22 points per game shooting you know in the 40s from three you know they look tough but they also i wouldn't say they haven't been challenged gonzaga and them were going at it for the first part of the second half and then uconn blew it open i think miami's going to give them a really tough game um i'm not totally sure who's going to win because 
nobody knows anything <laughs> when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I think we've all proved that this year with this tournament, right? So I don't want to go out and say, oh, UConn's going to crush them or Miami's going to outrun them. I think it's going to be a nice contrast of styles, being a good game. I just want to see two good games. I hate when there's blowouts in the Final Four. It makes it so boring um, and so anticlimactic. And I just hope that both games are competitive and I hope the championship games are competitive. I'll be here at, uh, probably sending out stuff, you know, maybe after the games tomorrow night, maybe on Sunday, uh, maybe a preview on Monday. You know, Dome Dog Podcast, like I said, is expanding. You know, I'm going to talk about basketball more and more, not just Syracuse stuff, but probably when the NCAA tournament ends, I'll start talking about more about NBA, although the NBA is kind of a mess this year. Um, and one of the biggest messes is Kyrie Irving. Surprise, surprise. Why'd you trade for him, Mark Cuban? I thought you were a smart businessman. Anyways, that's just something I like to talk about. Maybe I'll talk about going forward, but that's all I have for the Dome Dog Podcast tonight. Thanks for joining me. I know that was a lot on Syracuse, a lot on some other teams, and also the Final Four. Look for more content coming soon. Have a good night.